Rocker. Who wants to hear a funny ass joke? Yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome to the shit show, gentlemen. He went real hard. B. Arthur's kind of sexy. Oh, white baby, bro. We all need to laugh. Welcome to Practically Friends. Practically Friends. Practically Friends. Hey guys, welcome to uh, episode 42 of... Rest in peace headphone users Yeah, on that intro. Yeah, well I mean... I I've been listening to uh, our last few episodes, and I'm trying to compensate. Yeah, you know, to make it may sound a little aggressive here. You know, all you gotta do is turn your dial down just a little bit, right there. It's okay. But anyway, as yeah. Kyle said, welcome back to your favorite drunk ass podcast, the Practically Friends podcast. Episode four forty two. Episode forty two. Oh shit, man! Um, it's been a fucking. It has been a rough few weeks. It has. I don't even think I said on the last episode, you know, like me and Nate, like I just went back to work after almost two weeks. Nate goes back uh, tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we got hit with COVID. and Yeah, and these <laughs> these past few weeks have kind of been, I feel like, rough for all of us. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like the past few weeks have been kind of rough for all three of us. You can say that again. Because I, I had COVID for... There's another fly in here. <laughs> yeah. For, we've been having flies coming in here storming us. It's starting to warm up, so they're going to they're gonna start, you know... Ah, I almost had them. Did you just almost Miyagi that some bitch? Yes, I did. Fuck yeah. I almost said... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the last few weeks have been rough for all of us. But there was a couple topics that you were kind of a little gung-ho about talking. Well, the ones that I pulled up? Yeah. Oh, or the, or the ones that I wrote down. Uh, yeah. I did I did a lot of show prep lately. My man. Either that, or. That's how I uh, filled up some of my time. Okay, so real quick, this is uh, just kind of a passing thought. Um, I told you about the, uh, the upcoming interview with uh, Cole and Emily from theadventurecruise.com. Yep. Okay. Um, so while I was down and out on, on the pretty much bedridden on the couch, I went back to my, my, uh, my show that my comfort show, which is Mythbusters. Your comfort show. Okay. Don't judge me. <laughs> so I watched the episode where they wanted to see if plants felt emotions. What? And, uh, they got a package in of a polygraph machine and I'm thinking, I wonder, they have to have dropped in price lately. How cool would it be if we did that? T- touches a plant. Oh, you're serious? No, no, no. Touch no, no. me there. No, I'm, I'm talking about me getting a polygraph, and we all write questions for each other. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah, that'd be uh, interesting, to say the least. Guys, um, leave us feedback and let us know if you want us to do that. I think it would be hilarious. But the real question is... Do we record it? We record it, and if it turns up, you know, being horse shit, then I can just archive it like I, I did. We could just do, like, bits and pieces, like the best. Oh, moments. like the cuts? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, 
I don't, I don't even know what questions I would ask. Fuck it. I say we do it live. Mm. <laughs> we, we have to get to the point to where we could actually uh, broadcast live and have people, you know, like, on it. Yeah. But, but by live, you probably mean, like, make it a, a bona fide part of the podcast. Yeah, episode. like, crack the mics. Yeah. No, we definitely crack the mics, but like you know, like uh yeah, but not like, like when when Daniel and Erica were yeah. here and we did all that karaoke. Yeah, don't do oh, it like bits oh, no, and pieces and stuff. It's it's still here, but it's not in the episode. There was like an hour and a half of drunk ass singing. <laughs> that that is uh yeah, I think Jack only Jack's for, came up and told me about it. Only for the premium members. Uh, feel free to get my uh, PayPal. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Five ninety nine is not that much for a subscription. Five ninety nine, it's worth a lot more than that, <laughs> dude. D- Daniel did um, Lent Biscuit, and he fucking no Kid Rock, and he fucking killed it. Kid Rock, yeah. Wow, he did Cowboy, and it oh, sounded amazing. Shit. Like he he's he's got some pipes on him, but like he knew every he didn't have to look at nothing, and like. I'm sorry to say, Sarge, but he kind of overshadowed you because that was his song uh, at that moment. Oh, I don't even think he heard us. Yeah. This is not good. Okay. <laughs> I listened to that episode earlier today. <laughs> Fucking priceless. Now, which one of y'all dick twitches dyed my hair blue? <laughs> Dude. I think I get it now. Like for those who watched that episode, you'll oh, know what I'm 30, talking about. If you ever like, if there's any chance of you guys being a fan of our show, you need to go to episode 37 and go about 36 minutes in. Oh, was it 37? Oh, 37 is my favorite episode that we've ever done. <laughs> That's why I I've listened to it twice, <laughs> like on my own time at work. I'm literally, remember I was saying like I had to draw out that floor plan for that, that, that piece that I'm redoing? Oh, yeah. I was doing that on the floor with chalk, and I had both headphones in. Listening. And, and I'm listening to it. I'm laughing out loud, and Craig is looking at me like I'm a <laughs> fucking psychopath. Just like, <laughs> concentration. <laughs> concentration is key. <clears throat> no, the camp. Things we got to talk about here, hey, bucko. bucko. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Let me. That's that's one of the first drops you ever did of me. Yeah. We, actually, that's what we did the other the other night. Yeah. Is uh, we went through all the most of all the drops. We I think we ended at Dale. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I cannot. Wait. I don't even think we got a chance to get to Eddie, or did we? Uh, maybe. I don't think we. I don't think we did. Yeah, I think we. There was just so much of Dale, we just couldn't get to Eddie. Oh, dude, Dale's. Dale's a fucking money ticket, man. Fucking meat a wallet. meal ticket when it comes to drops. I cannot wait until I can finally get him back on here again. Because those stories, and that's another really good episode, the one with Dale. Um, I forget which one it is. But, uh, dude, we have, we have like like 16 years of stories. And you know nothing yet. And I had to cut it out of the episode um, just by me asking Dale if it was okay if, if we could talk about this story. He said, nah, nah, man. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. Nah, nah, nah. Statue of limitations. 
Yeah, that's that. the, we don't want to get fucked by the long dick of the law here. <laughs> it's like, all right, another time. Yeah, so that's that's restricted to all you guys. So sorry about that. Yeah, let's just say um, Ocean's Eleven is a pretty good movie. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you off air. It <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. Yeah, here goes Kyle with his little chuckle again. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> oh, here we go. Here's Eddie. Let's hear it. <laughs> What'd you say, fucker? <laughs> Did you bang that gas or not? Oh, wrong one. Sorry. That was Sarge. Jim Beamer Deemer. I like it. Oh, dude. That Eddie was talking shit about my mama. <laughs> that frog talking shit about my mama again. I don't know where that came from, but it was hilarious, and I'm proud of that, that <laughs> drop, for real. Uh, no, dude, I, I can't wait, because uh, even on that episode where we had Eddie on, um, I haven't seen him in, like, maybe 10 years. Jeez. Um, but he was, for those that, of you that don't know, he was um, our third drummer in my high school band. Um, and the thing is that me and him kind of got, like, real tight, like, compared to the other members of the band because he was like a like a thrash punk drummer you know like red flag and you know yeah but um he had a fucking um what like a late 80s volkswagen microbus like the sharp corners and stuff and the sink and the stove and the hammock in the back the the engine was in between me and him in the front you know like yeah <laughs> they tried to put mid engine in a fucking van what are you doing Volkswagen people's car my dick um, car, my dick. <laughs> <laughs> no Eddie was fucking he was a class act but I guess he uh he got into riding he lost his leg remember yeah he yeah. talked about it to us but he he was uh I think on that episode I haven't talked to him in a little bit but he was still talking about it's like man I'm I'm going to fucking come up there, man. It's like, man, I got room for you. <laughs> yeah. So where is he at? I think he's still in Florida. Yeah. Florida? Yeah. Okay. I'm fucked up, man. <laughs> What's up, you sexy fuckers? Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. Nate keeps on sneaking into there. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. All right. So... Ah. Um, dude, the Duran episodes are definitely on on my uh, not my shit list, but like, hey, pretty boy, dude, all of them are good. All of them are good. What up, my I just boy? wish he had a Where better connection. At? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm on the hunt. I just saw a fucking fly again. Yeah, I saw it again. <laughs> all right, I guess I'll take over for a second. What happened to your other weapon? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Toots. Oh, what's with the questions, all Copernicus? Um, no, uh, the uh, no, I can't wait for Eddie to finally like think about coming back up here, like to visit. That's gonna be one hell of a weekend. I might have to take time off <laughs> for that. That's that's ridiculous. Um, and before we move on, I do want to show you something. I may have showed it to you before. Did I show you the the tiger that went out for a pint? All right. Well, like my grandpa always said, yeah, you probably have heard this story, but shut up. I'm going to tell it anyways. <laughs> 
and I would just sit there, cry, like Indian style, just listening to his stories. Man, he worked for TWA, like the airline, and had so many good fucking stories. Um, but no, I definitely wanted to play this here on the podcast, and and check it. and memory of Sean Locke since he passed away, not too long ago. Um, he was probably one of the funniest fucking guys here on 8 out of 10 uh, Cats, whether it be Countdown or this, that, and the other thing. But sometimes, you know, they bring in mascots, and his mascot, uh, just this fucking awesome dry British humor. He made a children's book about a tiger that left the zoo and got drunk and uh, <laughs> had some misadventures. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so here it is, the um, Sean Locke. The tiger who came for a pint. Classic. And it is the tiger who came for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that? Jimmy Carr laughing in the background all cursive. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, David, that was here before, he would laugh like that. Really? Oh, dude. I would, <laughs> I, it would be my mission when I got home from work to try and get him going so hard to where he couldn't breathe. Because his laugh would make me laugh. I'd almost piss myself. It was good times. I'm telling you. <laughs> Whenever you can sit with your boys and almost have an accident, that's a good night. There was a, there was a kid in my class whose laugh was like that, except it was a very... <laughs> no, it was just like a fucking wheeze. Like <laughs> No, except it was deeper. It was like... <laughs> it was like... <laughs> it's like you deflated a duck. <laughs> just, just, That's like the laugh that the what's his name uh, Rocky from the movie The Mask. <laughs> That's the laugh that he he should have had with that fucking mug. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's my buddy Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Anyways. Back to this uh, badass story about a, a tiger that went out for a pint. I've sort of reworked an old classic, and it is the tiger who came for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> the drawings are perfect. Are two of my favorite things, which is uh, tigers and alcohol. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, read the story to you now. I've got to use Susie's pen cam. The tiger who came for a pint. Yeah. There was once a tiger who fancied a pint. Not carling, of course. That was too weak and too gassy. <laughs> he wanted a pint that packs a punch like Stella or Cronenberg. <laughs> Fucking stupid ass face on the tiger. <laughs> He's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> was thirsty and needed something to wash down the zookeeper he'd just eaten. <laughs> he liked the atmosphere of Weatherspoons. Plus, plus, he was barred from the king's head for mauling the darts team. Explain the picture that you're seeing right now. <laughs> he was banned from this other bar because he mauled the darts team. Tell him the image. That, tell the audience. What image you're seeing right now? <laughs> okay, so it looks it like is, he's smiling too. <laughs> it is a tiger with blood coming out of his mouth, and he is picking his teeth with a dart. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even finish their game. The poor sods. 
Yeah, five oh one four thirty seven. Yeah, there yeah. <laughs> fucking two oh five ninety and thirty one. Oh, and, and then it panned down and what do you see? A dismembered head and the remnants of another uh, dark team member. Tiger drank his pint quietly beside the quiz machine. Soon, what with the beer, fags and flame-grilled McCoys, <laughs> he'd spent all his money. <laughs> but he didn't half have a thirst on. <laughs> so, when George went to the cellar to flush out the strongbow line, <laughs> the tiger drank all the beer from all the kegs and all the rum they were saving for Caribbean night. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's getting a mighty thirst on. He's just laying underneath the keg and drinking all their rum, Jeez. like a little kitten. He's like, ooh, with his balls up. <laughs> <laughs> then he ate the meat raffle. <laughs> a very naughty tiger. <laughs> naughty then tiger. He went to toilet on the bar. <laughs> right there. <laughs> I want that tattooed on somebody. It's a literally a, of course a tiger, you do a, t- a tiger still drinking a beer, but whilst enjoying his uh, strong Cronenberg, he is urinating on the bar. Projectile. Oh, there's a splat. There's a splash effect. There, there, there's some uh, friendly fire that on is, that. That is a splatter zone. I mean, have you ever seen a tiger piss? <laughs> I'm not, and personally, I'm good. Neither have I, but I imagine it's something like that. <laughs> We're going to have to call you a mini cab home, Tiger, said George, the deputy manager, bursting from the cellar. Where do you want taking? To the zoo, you silly bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> silly bollocks. So George, the deputy manager, called the... He looks so ashamed. He's like, oh, Tiger what am I doing? <laughs> it took a while to get one because the first two drivers they sent said, Are, Are you, you mental? mental? <laughs> Finally, Pavel from Station Cars agreed to take <laughs> The journey went smoothly, and eventually, after a lot of questioning, the tiger said, Look, for the last time, it's, it's not, not a onesie. onesie. <laughs> Weatherspoon's deputy manager, George, never saw the tiger or Pavel, the station's car's driver, ever oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean Locke was a fucking genius, man. He, he did, I think he did another ch- uh, children's book. I don't, see how quick I can find it. Um, Will you do that? I'm going to grab a drink. Alright. <laughs> you do it way better. 100%. We'll talk. Alright, so I'm just going to say this just for the record. Next time that we have other guests on here, um, and I'm saying this only because, again, I, I listened to the final uh, result of uh, a couple of our episodes today. Um, it, is it me? Or does nobody know how to speak into a mic? And I know I'm one to talk because it's been a really long and extensive learning curve for me just sitting here. Help. It's a... Uh, these episodes are far from perfect, you know, production-wise. But I think I'm getting better um, at the multitasking. I mean, I have the recording computer. I have the 
my auxiliary computer. I have a fucking TV st- screen that I have a multi thing, and I have a mixer, and I have to deal with everybody else's stuff. So it's yeah, it's a learning curve. But I think next time that we have guests, and like for example, like like Daniel and Erica, like we need to get them like really up on the mic. I don't know whether it's the board, the mics, or they just start getting a little bit further away like this, you know, because cause Nate's, Nate was really bad about that at first, not getting up close enough. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I have to remind him, say, hey, get, get up on there, because it, it almost sounds like he's still in the other room. Get up in there. Yeah. But, uh, but I think it's just a habit. It's, it's kind of like muscle memory. You know, did it, I sound okay when I came on here the first time? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't remember. I haven't gone that far back yet. Okay. But uh, right now you sound perfect. Oh, like I you. like I'm gonna try. Like right now, since I got the levels good, you know, left and right. Um, I I mean, I'm sure it's a little easier for me because I have this meter. I see that meter there, and then I see what's actually being recorded. So right. You know, um, but I know that I need to almost, almost kiss the fucking mic. Oh, thanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> not so sweet. Unnecessary, but I'll take it. But no, it's like, I was listening to that, that, that fucking latest episode, man. The one that just got published. I think it was 39. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one that just came out this week. Right. Um. And we're still like three weeks ahead. You know that? Yeah, you said something to me about that. Because last we, time we're, I was we're here. starting to try and be a little bit more official, like a referee with a whistle. Yeah. You know, uh, doing it like every Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. We, we need to really, I think, I mean, I know Jax is doing everything he can. He's learning too. I'm still learning. That was my point. Is like we need we need to get because it sounds like everybody's so far away. I'd have to crank my radio and my truck up all the way. Really? Like to to hear uh, Daniel and Erica and stuff on that latest episode. Jesus. Um, I mean, and I really have to strain to hear like some of the like stinger like the funny shit that he says. Yeah. And you even hear me on that episode talking to Nate. It's like. You don't move. You move the mic. Yeah. You don't have to move. You move the mic. That's why we have these arms. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, that's what I was saying while you were getting a drink. I, I mean, at first I thought it was like an equipment issue or an adjustment or a hardware issue, but I think it's just people not used to talking into a mic. Not kissing the mic. Like right now, my stash, this, this microphone is getting a, a little bit of a mustache ride. <laughs> What's up, Chewy? <laughs> and you know, you know how to like. Whenever you start talking loud, you can lean back a little bit, you know. Whoa! Or go off to the side like this, you know. You know, like yeah. that's. It's just a learning curve, yeah. and and we'll get there. I just, I, I want to, I want everybody to start because. Yeah, it just takes time. It's something you gotta, you gotta learn and get used to. Exactly, because and. It's not even just like that with that. It's about every project that you want to do. Definitely. And I, I think that uh, another reason would not be chewy. like, and I keep, I keep going back to this example, you know, like uh, when Dan and uh, Erica came by, 
they they were probably thinking that you know like they still felt that it it was just hanging out in the basement. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't thinking about production quality. Yeah, they weren't thinking about the content. And, and they stuff. shouldn't have to. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, it really is just audio recordings of friends just being friends. Yeah. That's why it's called the Practically Friends Podcast. Oh, shit. That's why it's called that. Nate, that's why it's called Practically Friends. I'm a genius. genius. But yeah, I think, I think, I mean, maybe everybody should, like, maybe start. When I say everybody, I mean, like, me, Jax, you, like, like if I'm if I'm sitting here, you know, like multitasking, just kind of be like self-aware, be like, hey, bring it a little bit closer, you know, yeah. or like signal to me to turn their levels up, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, that's why I prefaced it was just like, hell, I'm not a pro- fucking professional. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It's it's a learning process for everybody involved. Yeah. Makes it kind of interesting though. Like it does. The, it does. In the same sense that, like, sometimes, like, whenever I got into, like, uh, um, a certain type of welding, and I was, it was almost like autopilot. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of wish that I could, like, forget how to weld so I could learn how to do it again. Yeah, it's... You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so many things that's, like, you enjoy doing. It's like, man, I wish like I could just... Press, I wish I could just... the experience of learning it. Press the reset button. Yeah, almost like the experience of it. Yeah, is almost better than the talent or yeah habit that you know that you're achieving for. Because then you can build up your hard work and your work ethic. Yeah, and like you know, learning hands on and everything. I think. Oh I mean, yeah, that's that's how I learn, and that's how probably fifty percent of oh. humans learn. Yeah, but uh, I digress. So what you got next, Kyle? I got the other children's book that Sean Locke did. It's uh, about a spider in a prison. All right. And then we'll move on, I promise. Um, I've noticed recently that a very easy way to turn a dollar is kids' books. They're all at it. Everyone's yeah. at it. You know, and uh, I had a successful bash at it with my um, uh, the tiger who uh, went for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought, I'm going to get into the kids' book market. It's easy. It's a piece of piss. It's a piece, piece of piss. piss. Um, I reckon I can write them quicker than they can read them. <laughs> that don't mean no ladybug to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how easy it is. So I thought we got Postman Pat, we got Fireman Sam, we got Bob the Builder. Time for a prison guard. <laughs> so created Cyril the Screw. That <laughs> oh, he's, he's very good. He's good, isn't he? There he is, there's Cyril. There he is. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> that looks like when my buddy Joe shaves. Dude, that looks like a fucking one of those Russian dolls. <gasps> There's like 12 other ones inside of them, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I bet you they all have to come out at night. Uh, Ew, fucking Russians. Hey, Moscow, talking to you guys. <laughs> uh, but no, that literally, and you know what's even funnier? Is that... Your uh, face. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I wish you could see the look of defeat on... Bro, I almost fucking grabbed that fly again. He's over there. I, I, I lost the will to hunt. <laughs> Thanks for that. I wish you guys could have seen the look on Kyle's face. The look of defeat. 
You're funny. <laughs> funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we need to do a dad joke segment. Or cheesy pickup lines. Those are my... Fu- okay, next time we have Dale on, we, we need to have him, like, break out his mental Rolodex on pickup lines. He is the fucking master. It's like they're so cheesy and, like, chauvinistic and ridiculous. It's like, all right, that was creative. Here's, here's my digits. <laughs> but anyways, I'm looking at Cyril the Screw here. And my buddy Joe. Joe Mama. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's actually trying to get his pilot's license, so that's probably what he looks like when he goes. <laughs> In the white. Stupid. <laughs> fucking Russian doll. He better fucking fly his fat ass up here. <laughs> Last time he came up in a Jeep and tried to camp out in my backyard. Uh-huh. And, a, and like a big... F- Big fucking tent, like like really? a t- like a two bedroom tent. What you know? And as soon and he got it from a what was what was it? Uh, Sam's Club or whatever. Oh, and shit. he just got it out of the box. And as he was taking it out of the box, one of the rods pierced it. <laughs> so he had to. We we're sitting here, me, David, and Kai, with leftover Popeyes chicken, <laughs> up there yeah. in the den, watching him struggle with this. <laughs> In the backyard <laughs> in fucking like November. <laughs> Jeez. And like he gets he gets it all up and then you just see this like flapping hole facing us. Like you couldn't have fucking like you needed a director for that kind of like perspective while we're just eating leftover uh spicy chicken. And then he immediately starts breaking it back down. <laughs> he was gonna go out there and sleep in thirty some odd degree weather. Yeah, I'd do that. He's from Michigan. He's like, I miss the snow. But anyways, back to Cyril the Screw. I digress. And I'm going to read you the story of Cyril the Screw. That's lovely. This is Cyril. He's a prison officer. He likes his job. He drives his prison van from the court to jail. And he's very proud of his prison van. Damn, he's got some long-ass arms. Cyril's best friend is a spider <laughs> called Frank. <laughs> Frank goes round the van, listening to the prisoners. Must stop being so naughty. <laughs> Blooming DNA. <laughs> <laughs> As Cyril drives the naughty people. It sounds like an engine that won't start. <laughs> no, he laughs in cursive. He does. <laughs> <laughs> People to prison, he likes to point out places that might be of interest. Look, lads, at the Red Lion, you can have a pie and a pint for £5.75. <laughs> well, I can. <laughs> One day, he saw that Mrs Boggins, the postmistress, was waving at him from the side of the road. Her car had broken down. I'd better pull over and help her, he thought. But it wasn't Mrs Boggins, was it? No, she was tied up in the boot. It was one of the gang with a wig on. (laughs) As soon as Cyril got out of the van... Sorry about that, guys. We had some technical difficulties. Don't apologize for nothing, ever. In other words, uh, the 
the cord of the headphones I'm wearing got wrapped around a dog's leg. Yeah. He better start earning his keep or else he's going to find a new fucking halfway house. <laughs> For reals. Because he's half a dog and half Muppet. <laughs> Tim, so hard, he landed upside down in a blackberry bush. <laughs> his little legs wiggling to get free. <laughs> they jumped into the van and drove off with all the prisoners cheering. But Frank, the clever spider, crawled into the back of the sat-nav and it took them to prison anyway. <laughs> I mean, the merchandise for that alone. <laughs> I'd buy the merch. Oh, 100%. Um, for sure. And it took him to prison anyways. anyway. What's up, guys? It's Tate. Move aside, Tate. It's Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to let you guys know while we have you here, thank you so much for listening. And please do us all a favor here at the studio. Please like and subscribe, and as well as share to your friends on all your favorite platforms. Tell as many people as you know, including the Dutch. And the Belgians. Make a song out of that. <laughs> Make a beat out of that. Yeah. But uh, do us all a favor here at the studio. Please like and subscribe and share to all your friends on all your favorite platforms, including YouTube and SoundCloud and all your other favorite platforms that you do enjoy listening to. The You're podcast. not going to offend us if you tell too many people about this podcast. You're not going to offend us one bit. Not at all. That's the sound of the police. As well as you can also reach out to us at practicallyfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And I check that feedback. shit every day and I see nothing. Y'all need to step it up. Step it up. Email us, you bitches. But uh, send us some feedback of what you'd like to see, maybe future episodes, or send us some feedback on prior episodes, what you liked and what you didn't. Give us some topics. Yeah? Yeah, give us some topics as well. We're uh, kind of starting to run dry. <laughs> Not really. Eh, certain aspects. Some people like that. But the point is, we'd love to hear your all's feedback of what you have to say about the podcast, if we're doing well, if we're not, some things we're doing good on, some things we could improvise. Even if you're in those other countries I don't know how to pronounce, I can translate that shit. Czechoslovakia, we know you can hear us. No, no, further than that. Really? India. Oh, wow. Yeah, I checked it this morning. Oh, you Belgians, we know you're going strong. We love you guys. Yeah, we love chocolate and waffles. <laughs> hey, be quiet, Gypsy. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> Back to the episode. All right, you want to hear? You want to see the uh, one of the best inventions ever? So instead of, you know, if you're in a big metropolitan city and you go to the supermarket. Well, you said one of the best inventions ever. Are we talking about Viagra? No, but that's up there. <laughs> Get it? Up there. Ah. ah. And here come the dad jokes. Oh no! It made my vision all weird. And it made my shoulders red. But man, it was fun. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> it may have been expired shit. I don't know ah. <laughs> All right, what's this? I, I ain't even gonna lie. All right, what's this you're showing to me, Kyle? It is a jacket to hold all your groceries. Huh? <laughs> Sean, have you got a mascot? Yes, I do, Jimmy. <laughs> now, as we all know, recently. The government introduced uh, a new bill about plastic bags when you go shopping. Oh, yeah. Pay 5p. Very yeah. good. I think very good. But a lot of people complain saying they don't always carry bags around with them. This is a perfect system to replace it. It's a coat that you wear that you can put all your shopping in. 
<laughs> first off, I wear this bandolier, and I'd have sausages in there. There's some can uh, <laughs> stand there, and your soul, a few sausages, some moisturiser, <laughs> lubricant, and <laughs> lubricant sausages and anusol. Wow. <laughs> That's a hell of a weekend, isn't it? <laughs> you can't blame the guy for being prepared. I put the coat on, right? Put the coat on. <laughs> so um, you, you wear this to go shopping, so, so you haven't got to buy a plastic bag for five years. Yeah, you don't, and you don't need to carry bags around. <laughs> it's just the coat. It comes <laughs> like And, uh, I mean, I might need a bit of help from Jason here, but, for example... Sure. OK, I've got two baguettes. Right, where do they go? Two baguettes. <laughs> they go in the quiver. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Where do I put my Pringles, Jason? In the epaulettes. What's <laughs> up there? Oh, there. Yeah, that's what that's called. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you've got your epaulettes there. Right. Yeah. Imagine this motherfucker walking down the street. Nobody pushed me too hard. I'm hungry. Nobody pushed me too hard. Oh. I'm starving. Oh, what a drag. I haven't got a bag. Where do I put it? Easy. I got this off the back of an airplane seat. <laughs> <laughs> We got some tins here. Uh, Magnetic sleeves to to put cans of stuff. Wait, hold on. What? Yeah. Look. <laughs> okay. We got some tins here. That's genius. That's incredible. It's great if you haven't got money for a bag, but also if you were to be shoplifting. Mm. I think it's a little bit obvious for a shoplifter. <laughs> <laughs> There's a frozen section. As you can see. <laughs> it's literally just a fucking heat bag sewn inside of his right hand in insole of the uh, or ins no lining of his coat. That's hilarious. Yeah, freezer section, dude. You haven't even seen the best part yet. <laughs> Of course there is, yeah. No, the fish fingers in there, like that. Uh, also, you know, for your little items... Oops, a little bit of an epaulette slip up there. This is the deli hat, and you just get your stuff... <laughs> the deli hat. He just emptied some fucking olives in a fucking bowler hat. First off, first things first. First things first, olives are a crime to humanity. Well, this is British, so I mean, all their food sucks, except for shepherd's pie. But that's technically Scottish. I hate olives. Um, I just had to put that out there. See, I like even if I did like olives, like I, I don't mind the taste of olives, but like everything that I heard about, you know, like having like a like like two or three olives in your martini or whatever, and you have to watch out for pits. So I'm paying extra for a fruit, a grape with a possible mine in it, an explosive that that'll chip your tooth. Flies back. Oh, I really, I really wish that joke landed a lot better. I'm it all fits. <laughs> He's got the going back out. This is my boomstick. Oh, there's two of them. He's over here. Die! All right, I got one. The other one's like. So over we're here. currently in the middle of a uh, uh, drastic warfare. With um, flies with my bug assault. And I just engaged the. Wait, is it right there? He's on the ball. You gotta get closer. Here. Where'd I go? 
Blast his ass. One shot. One, one kill. kill. One in the chamber. Fatality. Whoopsie. <laughs> Toasty. <laughs> All right, back to this fucking badass jacket here. Um, yeah, but no, I thought that joke was going to land a lot better. Olive pits. You know how they like crack people's teeth sometimes? Yeah. But you don't know if you're going to get a pit or not. So it's like Russian roulette of a grape. It's like it's like saying it's like, all right, yeah. get give me give me two or three mines in my drink. But they may or may not be duds. Yeah. It's stupid. Why? Why? This is why I, mean I say they're a crime. Huh? This is why I say they're a crime against humanity. You know what's a crime against humanity? Your face. Oh. <laughs> I'm joking, Kyle. You're gorgeous. Funny looking. No, what a crime against humanity is fucking um, sneezing. That's on my shit list. That's the first thing on my shit list is sneezing. Really? I fucking hate sneezing. Yeah, but there's always that one. It's like, ooh, that feels good. It's never just one with me. <laughs> me either. One dozen? Yeah. <laughs> most, I've ever, most I've ever had in like one sitting was like six. 38 minutes. God damn. And I'm being, um, I'm being modest, probably. You ever seen that video of that one little girl who was sneezing like? Mm-mm, no. Oh my God! You've got to look it up. It's actually it got turned into a meme. We we uh we would have to visit family members with cats, and I was always allergic to cats when I was younger. Yeah. And uh and then seasonal allergies uh also, so like <laughs> they're the worst. Dude, we'd get to we'd get to like my brother-in-law's house and they would have, you know, like X amount of cats and like a couple of parakeets, this and everything. And I'd literally would have to, um, I would immediately have to go in the bathroom, get a washcloth, soak it in water and breathe through that, um, that washcloth. Good Lord. Dude, my guidance counselor in middle school took me aside three days in a row because she thought I was on some serious drugs Jesus. because of my, my eyes and stuff. Good God. Yeah, dude. That's why sneezing is on my shit list. I'm overruling the committee. It's on the shit list. <laughs> it's a waste of energy. Okay. It's not attractive. It serves. I know it serves a purpose, but not for me. <laughs> okay. So yeah. First thing on the shit list, guys, you heard it here first. Sneezing. Uh, no, it's already overruled. You, you cannot. <laughs> I'm going to come on here and let out the biggest, loudest, longest sneeze ever. After you paved them there, that's what I get really cute. in there. <laughs> Dude, like you know what's so crazy? <laughs> what's that? I've actually, like, I've dated somebody in the past who actually sneeze, sneezes like that. I've dated a few girls in, in my day to where their sneezes were adorable. Like, literally, one of my exes, we'll call her B. Okay. Like, sh her sneeze was, achoo! Oh, yeah. I've like, had the, the cat sneeze, as they call it. The kitten sneeze. <laughs> it's just like, aw. She's like, like, shut oh, up. Oh, no, what happened? I look at her, I'm like, aw, how cute. She goes, shut up. 
Let me mush your face. It'll help. <laughs> I'm going to boop that nose and mush that face. Hopefully it helps. Saving that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not often I uh, mark myself here. Ha, huh, mark that one too. <laughs> Any other bits? Oh, yes, yeah, that, now this. this what is, I like is you don't actually use the pocket. This. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is gold. You'd have that free for like stuff. Your wallet and yeah, your tissues. Phone and that, of course. And, um, you plastic bags. He's <laughs> got fucking... Uh, what was that? Carabiners? For, uh, like, tuna and shit. <laughs> and, of course, milk. Oh, what a drag. Got to carry milk around with you. No, you don't. You just pour it in there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's your milk done. <laughs> So there you are, and you could hang your bananas on there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real success story. Yeah. I do. And, uh, on, let's get the full look. Oh. Don't lean forward, otherwise milk's going to go. Careful. <laughs> oh, God, imagine that. Then <laughs> 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 you just go out the shop. <laughs> Oh man, Sean Locke. Jeez. You were you were uh Okay. You were taken way too early. I've been saying this for the past couple episodes. What's that? Mug shoddies. Mug shoddies? Yes. Yeah. We need to do that. Hey cocksuckers. Thank you for listening to fucking practically friends podcast. New study suggests spiders snooze just like humans. Canadian man uses giant billboard to get rid of a leftover dairy product in fridge. But <laughs> A billboard. That's a new one. Drunk Floridian allegedly drove golf cart on highway with open bottle of whiskey. That's nothing new. Oh, that's just Florida. South Korean town's garlic ad reeks of obscenity. Oh, my God. I'm seeing the little snapshot here, and it looks good. So. <laughs> okay, so this is the ad. Look. Dude. Look at this big ass nut sack of garlic. Oh, oh, my God. Look at that fucking thing. Oh my God! Look, she's going back for seconds. Yeah. I don't want to know what it, they say. <laughs> um, Thirty-second video that had been posted on a YouTube channel for Hongzhong County, a small central west Korean, central west South Korean town, about a hundred thousand people, known for its uh, local Hongsan garlic, for about two years. Um, it's very sexual. Uh, the garlic root looks like a big old nutsack. 
and she is going back for seconds, thirds, and fourths. She is going to town on this motherfucker. Like, we could have probably found this on another site. Probably. <laughs> Here we go. The video shows a woman touching the thigh of a man named Hong San with a full garlic head mask and saying words like very, oh, this is what they say, very thick and hard <laughs> to apparently describe the quality of the local garlic. It's also a parody of a famous scene from the 2004 hit Korean movie titled Once Upon a Time in High School. What the actual blue fuck? <laughs> the spicy ad, which reportedly generated about 190,000 views, has been largely kept underground but began to take root in larger public when it was aired on electric, electronic billboards at a uh, Seoul Express bus terminal and downtown street in the city of Daejeon last month. And apparently people lost their shit. <laughs> this is from the Huffington Post, by the way. One farmer who saw the video noted some farmers groups, notified some farmers groups, while South Korean media also began reporting about it, leaving the bad taste in people's mouths. Ha! You went there, article. <laughs> Quote, we can't repress our astonishment, said the joint statement. Said it. A joint statement issued by the local branches of two major farmers. Uh, this, that, and the Korean Peasants League. Look, not only do they have a Korean Peasants League, they have a Korean Women Peasants Association. What? Quote, the video offended the people who watched it and dealt a big blow to the image of the uh, agricultural product that farmers have liberously grown. I think I'm doing really good at reading right now. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Botches the next few words. Calling the video, <laughs> calling the video, quote, suggestive and, quote, inappropriate. The statement said it sexually objectified garlic. <laughs> That's a sentence I don't think I ever thought I was going to say. Good God. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Listen to this. The farmers group asked Hong Jing to apologize Punish those responsible. <laughs> Punish. They're going to whip them with canes like Singapore. Oh, God. <clears throat> oh, my God. Good Lord. Many South Koreans believe garlic, one of the essential ingredients in uh, Korean cuisine, boosts stamina. Some think it can improve men's sexual functions as well. Well, blame your marketing team because that's the fucking target they aim for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got enough of them over there. You think somebody would have caught it during the the 2018 Winter Olympics? Uh, the country's women's curling team earned the nickname the Garlic Girls. <laughs> Four of the team's five members came from another rural town known for its own farm famed garlic, as they had a fairy tale run to win the silver medal. I wonder what they did to earn that silver medal. After seeing that commercial. Waka waka. Who wants to hear a funny ass joke? <laughs> Most powerful flashlight used by special. Oh, forces. that's that ad that I clicked on earlier <laughs> or the other day. <laughs> it's still up there. I'm going to let them know. I'm going to let these motherfuckers know. Ah, uh, get out of here. New Mexico Department of Transportation misspelled Albuquerque on newly erected sign. <laughs> it said erected. <laughs> oh my god biting clawing attacking monkeys terrorize japanese city we have to read about that i'm gonna 
while you're looking that up, I'm going to go ahead and say this topic that I just found. monkey is is so passive aggressively flicking us off right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, he must have just got a Manny Petty. Look at them nails. <laughs> Anyways, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, so this story I just found. Um, do you know who Marshawn Lynch is? Yeah, I love Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. He just got arrested. For what? DUI. On the strip in Vegas. On the Vegas strip? Well, that's actually pretty vanilla when it comes to the the scandals that NFL players get. But he's retired. Yep. Was arrested and charged with driving under the influence in Las Vegas Tuesday morning. According to TMZ, sources tell TMZ Sports, he was driving into curbs on the side of the road before the traffic stop. After speaking with Lynch, cops believe he was driving under the influence and was taken to jail. Did not submit to a breathalyzer, but we're told he had his blood drawn. Yeah, that's actually a pretty uh, common misconception. I, I don't know about this state or Nevada, but in Florida, you can deny um, a sobriety test you can, and, and, and then have the blood test done and then hire a lawyer to contest it. You can you can deny like a breathalyzer anywhere. Um, the wording's a little finicky on the back of your license if you look at it. it says fa- failure to uh, submit mm. to a stop or a test or whatever will result in immediate suspension. At least that's how it was when I got my license. Um, here, give me a second. Take a quick break. We'll be back about these fuck-ass monkeys flipping us off. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's the sound of the police. Hey. What's up, peoples? This is Jax, a.k.a. Big Dick Daddy, coming to you live from the studio to say thank you for listening this far into the video. We really appreciate you for listening. Hold up, hold up. You're on Apple and Google Podcasts, along with your other favorite listening platforms. Y'all ready for biz? (laughs) Then follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh yeah, Sarge told me to tell you to email us, you goddamn Belgians. Don't forget to listen to my podcast. I got my own spinoff called Jackin' Around. We basically talk about everything. Whether you like it or not, we're going to fucking talk about it. But let's get back into the episode. Jax, a.k.a. Big Dick Daddy, signing in. Okay, so... Oh, God damn it, shut up, Kyle. <laughs> God, you're so loud and obnoxious. I don't know why you guys listen to me. God. Ugh. This guy. Ugh. <laughs> he sounds funny and he's funny looking. Mm-hmm. What is it good for? That's for damn sure. You are a handsome devil. Yeah, because I'm wearing a black shirt and this desk covers my uh, my paunch. Anyways, okay, so last story that I want to get to before you go, man. All right. It is this documentary that I heard about today on Mike Calta and stuff. Okay. Or uh, yesterday they actually had the director call in 
It's this documentary called Aerial Phenomenon. Okay. Now, I'm going to play the trailer. I'm hoping it'll it'll give us the complete synopsis without us having to recite the what I just had up on there. Okay. Um, but I think I don't know where you can actually see it. You can rent it for twenty bucks right now on the site. Um, I think there's a. I'm pretty sure there's a entire the entire things on YouTube somewhere. Um, me. But um, so it says right here, what happens when you experience something so ex- ex- uh, extraordinary that nobody believes you, and it's called the aerial phenomenon. This shit happened back in '94. Okay. All right, I'm listening. I am intrigued. Hundreds of people today phoned the ZBC saying they sighted an unidentifying flying object. It was a bright radiant light. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It was the absence of noise I didn't like. People from all over Zimbabwe were phoning the BBC to say, we've seen something weird. There were three of us that saw it. Myself, the co-pilot, and the pilot in the other aircraft. No wings, no nothing. Shiny over things. Ariel School, 19th, September, 94. Could you tell me what you saw on Friday? This silver thing in amongst this clump of, of trees. We saw this black figure running. His, his face was like this, and his eyes were down here. I just thought it was some kind of alien from a different planet. When you looked at those children, they were absolutely credible. And, and whereabouts was it? In the trees over there. There was a big group of kids pointing and making a noise and shouting and screaming. The panic spread. Am I safe or am I not safe? And he's a Harvard psychiatrist. Meet Dr. John Mack, a believer in aliens from outer space. We came away convinced that an extraordinary event occurred here. I think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on this world. How did that get communicated to you? It came through my head. Somehow there was a message about pollution from the way he was staring. Yes. I was just a hard-ass journalist. I could handle war zones, but I could not handle this UFO thing. I mean, I never felt this could derail my career. The dean wanted to know, what is he doing? Angels, yes. Extraterrestrials, no. John has lost it this time. This journey is literally to pick up the pieces and put them back together. Oh, my gosh. I was right on the log when it actually happened. We are the ones who drew those funny pictures. Something that I'll never ever forget. I've drawn this again. But I usually kept it quiet. People think you're crazy. My husband doesn't even know about it. You feel so alone in society. Why is it that we tend to want to shrink this powerful phenomenon to our notions of reality rather than being able to stretch ourselves to expand what we know and to admit that we don't know. Would you like to see him again? Yes. And if you saw him again, what would you do? I'll ask him some questions. What would you like to ask him? I'll ask him what is he doing on Earth and what does he want with us? So what happened was... You saw a UFO. Not just that. And the aliens. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, 
All right, so on September 16th, 1994, 62, 62 students at Ariel School in Zimbabwe witnessed something incredible. It impacted their lives even to this day, and they're going to tell their story. Um, Truly blew my effing mind, era phenomenon documentary. Um, so the thing is, is that I don't know if you caught that through the trailer, but they were talking about that one Harvard psychologist, and they were discrediting him because he was studying the phenomenon, like like inter- interviewing these kids separately. Yeah. Everything was, <coughs> was, I mean, he's a psychologist from Harvard. He could tell if this was a fucking prank. And why would a, a, a third world uh, school in Zimbabwe go to this link to prank the world? Exactly. And uh, I got it, nothing and, to prove from it. Yeah, exactly. And um, this whole uh, this I'm really thinking about buy, like renting this documentary because it it's it really did pique my interest today. Plus, I mean, you got to think about it with how big our universe is and how it's, many other universes sti- there are. Statistically, there has to be something else out there. Exactly, like the, even just one. We can't. Be the only it's naive of us to think that the, we're the only intelligent life form. We're not. Like they already found proof life existed on Mars. That I have articles brought up on that. <laughs> like how? Yeah, like how incredibly naive, and <sighs> it's a discredit to the scientific theory. Yeah, and I almost want to say selfish to think that. You can't possibly imagine with how big our universe is and how many other universes and galaxies it's ever expanding. There are out there. That's why it's called space. Yeah, with how many of those galaxies and universes there are in the system, there's no way we can be alone. No, we're not alone. No, we can't be. Even if even if there was a measurable amount of the entire, you know, space and universe and stuff. Yeah, then it would still be. More than likely, than there's uh, another, you know, sentient um, society out there. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a discredit to science to actually think that there's no possibility. Saying that there is and having proof is one thing. Like, but 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 the the theory of it, you you have to be open minded because it's it's everything, you know. Well, and the fact that it's like these doc. Like all these other like doctors and all these other people are discrediting the discrediting the psychologist for actually trying to want to hear these kids' stories. They're discrediting science, like you just said, by not wanting to possibly. Oh, he kamikazed his career and he spent the rest of his life trying to uh, get this uh, known. Well, because uh, and don't these even people know the are so naive yet. for that, for not listening to him, and not just being like, okay. What did these kids say? Science is always about asking questions, not finding dis- answers, not disproving your your. Uh, uh, I was uh, um, disproving. I want to say co-patriots, but no, uh, your your fellow, your fellow scientists. Yeah, yeah, for lack of a better term. Yeah, your cohorts and you know your colleagues. That's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. All right. So listen to this. This is the first feature documentary about the aerial school UFO incident. Um, the aerial phenomenon explores the African extra, uh, extraterrestri- extraterrestrial. I got a burp, I think. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, Kyle just finished. 
Yeah, I'm spent. I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, an African extraterrestrial encounter witnessed by over 60 schoolchildren in 94 as a Harvard professor and a BBC war reporter. So he's no slouch. No, he's you know, got he's got ultimate credentials to back. I don't know if he's still alive or not, but I think this might actually get him out of the rut, you know. But but hell, Galileo uh, was imprisoned for uh, thinking that um, that uh, the universe didn't revolve around our planet. Yeah, but he now uh, his a uh, couple of his fingers are in the fucking Vatican, you know. Yeah, because, I mean he was he was. Uh, he was right. Mart- uh, he was, you know, it was martyrdom, and this, this, that, and their thing. But then later on, once his theory was proven, they held him up almost as like a fucking saint. So I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen for this guy, but I hope that his career can come out of the ashes, because, um, I, I mean, whether it's true or not, I mean, if you're going to de- devote all of your your career. And your, your energy your, and your, your hard work. Yeah, being a scholar and, like, you know, and, uh, all that time. I mean, I, I hope he gets legitimized somehow, some way. Yeah, and over that time, it's going to be pretty difficult not to dig up. It's st- what he eats, breathes. You it's going to be also, it's going to be pretty hard in that time for him not to dig up, like, some stuff that could back his story. Oh, and, and, and well, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, this motherfucker's gonna die right now. Got him. No, he's not. He's flying around still. Uh, I bet he's hurting though. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck Galileo. There was another fly, guys. Sorry. We got distracted. His name was Galileo. Galileo. I kept his finger. Um, <laughs> Galileo. Galileo, Galileo, and he did not do the Fandango. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn it, where did I leave off? The proof. I mean, even if there's no proof, just just investigating it, you know, like I don't know. I think I think we're uh, kicking a extra extraterrestrial horse right now. Um, but let me let me continue on here. Um, so this guy, the Harvard professor, BBC uh, war reporter. And past students investigate, they struggle to answer the question, quote, what happens when you experience something so extra, uh, extraordinary that nobody believes you? Now, here's the thing before I continue. I'm going to tell you what I was, what I heard straight from the horse's mouth today. Right. Whenever Calta interviewed this guy, the director. Check this out. You see, 60 some odd school children, right? To mm-hmm. this day. Yeah. It's not just seeing a ship. They saw. They, they had a. Uh, they claim that there's a. Oh, I almost got it. There was a uh, tel- telepathic, like conference between all of them, about how our technology is going to be the end of us. Okay. Now there's me. now I didn't go through the rabbit hole on Reddit on that's one of the reasons why I signed back up on Reddit. Yeah, but um, there are theories on there on Reddit that this life form, because from what I can tell, it's it's a singular life form that they all talk to at once. Yeah, you know, like almost like hive hive mind or conference call, but with you know your brains. Yeah. Um, 
but they're all talking about like pollution and technology is going to be the downfall of us. Think about this. On Reddit, people are having uh, theories that, that it is somebody of importance or somebody that came back, one of us that came back and didn't know, like they did all the calculation stuff, and those 60 students, they all had to hear it for the best possible scenario, almost like, uh, I hate to compare this to it, but Dr. Strange, there's only one result that can let us yeah. win, you know, and getting into their heads. Hell, you don't know if it's them or like any, anybody, you know, like they, like their offspring that might, might come into power and they might make the right decision now. It's pretty much Terminator, but like vegan. Yeah. Is what, uh, I'm hearing. And like, even if it's not that, it's still a really interesting story. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's getting so much traction now. So um, here we go. I'm going to try and make this short and sweet as much as I can before you have to go, bud. Um, director's statement from Aerial Phenomenon. 14 years ago when I first saw the uh, archival? Yeah, archival interviews with the Aerial School students conducted by Harvard per- Professor Dr. Mack, that's who we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Yeah. I was fascinated by the authenticity of the children. I ended up journeying three times to Zimbabwe and Southern Africa and also the UK, Canada, and around the US to interview people who were at the aerial school and the surrounding region on that day. My team and I have dug up every type of uh, primary document and media we could find, and it was and it has grown into its current form, a feature-length document, documentary, travelogue, journeying back to Africa while following the paths of indiv- individuals whose lives were entwined with this event. We made the conscious decision to avoid narration Guys, I w- Nope, missed him. Fucker, you still flying, fuck ass. He's behind you. <laughs> Guys, I wish there was a camera up right now so you could see this. Kyle literally looks like a soldier. Fuck like- aliens. We got flies. We got flies here, people. Oh my god, there's so many little babies in the wall. <laughs> Every time Jax comes over here, he puts <laughs> these, these little creepy-ass babies, little plastic babies, like no bigger than your thumbnail, all over my fucking studio. And then I don't realize the changes until it's too late and they're staring at me. He's and like, I, I actually asked Nate, or not Nate, uh, Jax, it's like, dude, can we, can we... Cool it. Can we cool it with the little babies? And he's like, no. Okay. <laughs> like shaking his head no, but saying okay. Uh, here, listen to this. Little fuck ass. All right, so what do you, what do you got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this off, and I think. I was trying. I was really trying to. Oh, there's not that much left. All right, go ahead. So um, this article was posted back in 2016 where an ex-soldier reveals experiments going on about alien abduction inside Area 51. 
Well, dude, you know, I, just a side thought that I have sometimes. You know, like when you finally kick the bucket, right? And, you know, call it hell, call it heaven, whatever. What I want is that time with St. Peter with the book of my life and all the answers to everything. Be like, Pete, what's the deal with Kennedy? What's the deal with Area 51? And did Mountain Dew actually kill your sperm count? <laughs> I need answers. It's like... Well, Mountain Dew did. At this point, he's probably got to post it up so he didn't have to keep answering people. Well, with Mountain Dew, the answer is yes. Yeah, but I was trying to be funny. Bill Brooks, the latest whistleblower on Area 51, joined the U.S. Armed Forces in 1968. He claims that he was subjected to an alien abduction while serving at the nuclear weapons base in Germany. He further believes that he had been in contact with extraterrestrials since he was a boy, but says that experiments done on him at Area 51 erased most of his memories. So that Brainwashing. Is, could be. Brooks says that his memories of the incidents involving him and the aliens were all somehow erased and he had completely forgotten about them until he was 44. Then he was experienced a sort of a memory download, according to Bill, who would... Became a memory a, download? Like a self-download? Like... Yeah. Restoring files almost. Yeah, like a restoration of the hard drive. Yeah. In other words, the memories in your brain. Like those files immediately just at 44, like all of a sudden he had access to them again. It came back. But according to Bill. That's, that's wild, man. According to Bill, who became a professional musician after his military career, all the memories of ex experience with aliens had been erased by agents from Area 51. But the memories came back when he encountered a UFO on his way back home after a gig when he sort of experienced a total recall. According to Bill, he had been told that's crazy that the base in Germany was shared with a detachment of American agents who were from Area 51, the top secret military base in Nevada. Ex-soldier claims to have witnessed a mass abduction as soldiers in the base were directed to walk into a bright light. He says that one of the Area 51 agents had... They fucking men in black their ass? I'm not done. He says that one of the Area 51 agents had him at gunpoint while ordering him to walk towards the light, to which he had involuntarily obliged. And Brooks describes the agent as dressed in black, chiseled blonde hair, probably was American, wearing a little blue patch on his right sleeve. Jesus, everyone's going to think I'm a fucking fanook. Damn it, the wrong one. I'm so sorry. And he says he can't remember what happened next as he lost consciousness as soon as he entered the light. Later on, he remembers being forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement which prevented him from disclosing any information about the incident. Brooks believed he was tricked into signing up for the experiment after he was told that an incident from earlier which had put him into trouble would all go away, that he would receive an extra two weeks of leave should he sign up. This, wow. however, was not Brooks's first encounter with aliens. When he was 10 years old, while lying in his cornfield, he was approached by a family of four tall, blonde, humanoid aliens, commonly called as Nordics. You know what he said? What up, mofos? Where y'all at? True. <laughs> commonly called as Nordics by alien experts. Oh, my God. Thor has been here. Brooks says the Nordics took him for a ride in their ship told him that mankind was in trouble and asked if he wanted help. I bet you they fucking touch on that shit on this because there was another incident. And if that's the case, then 
we're all starting to sense that kind of a pattern that they're trying. And you know what we have to say to these fucking guys that keep on visiting? Thank you, fellas. And if that kind of pattern keeps coming back, then maybe we've been lied to. These guys aren't after to abduct us and kill us. Rather, they're trying to see what's going on, and maybe they're trying to save us from destroying ourselves with all this new technology being built and designed around us. You are fake news. But think about it. With how fast and rapidly technology is taking off oh, dude, that, and getting stronger and more advanced. Go, go back to statistics. And if it was on a graph, the fact that we were like literally bronze, you know, steel, iron age, whatever. And then like literally within a fucking like a blow of the whistle, all of a sudden we got microchips and shit. Dude, there, there, it's only a matter of some, time. There's some fugazi ass shit going on. It's only a matter of time before technology takes over. And, and the thing is, if you did not know this already, um, our resident sergeant was actually a sergeant at uh, Area 51, and uh, that was the one that they, uh, they saw. And this is the, the quote that, you know, he said, you know, like, you walk into that light, I swear to God, you're fucking dead. <laughs> or else you walk in that light. Yeah. But... Like I said, it's only a matter of time before this technology. I mean, artifi- the artificial intelligence, the AI, it's already oh, self-aware. Dude, don't get me started on that shit. It's already self-aware. Mm. If that's happening now. Well, that, that's under discrepancy. The, the, then you have to actually talk about the definition of self-aware. And then there's that whole test. I forget the name of it. The whole basis of the movie Ex Machina, like the actual test of real... Um, AI, but no, no, it's a, it's a, uh, a, I hate to use this cle- two cliches in one sentence, but it's a slippery slope and a double-edged sword. It could really, really boost us up, you know, like, and help us. But as soon as there's one little... Mix up. Yeah, mix up. And, backfire, or, yeah. and next thing you know, it's the fucking apocalypse. We're not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um... But it's like all these conspiracies, man. I could I could talk about these for hours. We'll probably make that the main concern on the next time you're in here. But I want to I do I do want to finish this article though. All right. The 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 director's statement. Let's see where do I level leave off. Entwined with the event. Okay. Um, we made. Um, here we go. We made the consciousness, and this is what the aerial phenomenon director's statement. Uh, we're continuing. Here, do you want me to read it or do you? Oh uh, yeah, right there. We made the conscious decision to avoid narration or unrelated interviews. The story belongs to the aerial school community. We didn't use special effects because this is a real story made with real footage, no recreations. 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 I don't know what happened on that day in 94, but I do believe that in this current era, we need to have a real look at this phenomena. Thank you. Whatever it may turn out to be. Yes. If you subtract the UFO element, this film is simply about the human experience of dealing with and having to keep a secret, a traumatic event that invites judgment. The people who are followed in this film face a universal dilemma and the need to be heard and recognized. That's something that's happening on many levels in our society today. People finding the courage to speak out. Yeah. And then, thank you for finishing that up for me. No problem. <clears throat> but uh, another thing you have to think about, though, is that um, 
Actually, two points. Um, if this actually happened, you know, true in, true out, you know, like they came over and they said our technology is going to be the downfall, downfall of us all. Um, think about the cancel culture now. What about it? Do you really think that if this movie is the proof, right? This doc, this doc is actually the proof. Do you really think the world's going to accept it easily? No. No way. They already tried to cancel the motherfucker in the 90s. Yeah. Imagine what they're going to rip him apart now. You know? There's always going to be those fucking nonconformists that want to have their voice heard for um, God knows how little long. Well, and... Um, but, but the thing is, is that this should have been... This should have happened a long time ago, whether or not, whatever the outcome may be, whatever the actual facts are. Right. But the thing is, cancel culture is exacerbated by what? Social media, technology. Think about that. Exactly. That's probably going to be our downfall, and we've been saying it since episode fucking one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? At least I have. All right. I got one more topic is, on is, that mind. Is the technology gives the false um, confidence gives, to people. Yeah, it gives the false, self, false sense, sense of, of entitlement. And, and entitlement. Every, everybody wants to have something mad about because that's the status quo now. It's, it's all it is today is starting, is starting some kind of drama and getting your name out there. That's all, that's all the world revolves around today. It makes me fucking today. sick. It does, it does me too. But Why do you think I, I'm not really... I haven't gotten cameras here yet. I want you to hear my words, our words. Yeah, before you see our faces. You know? And that's why That's why I don't really – I've been trying to step back from social media for a little while just because it's – at the end of the day, when I'm 60 years old and I have – Hopefully, have kids. What's and maybe, a tweet gonna mean and, to you? Exactly. When it's I have kids be your and grandkids, and family. Yeah. What's that gonna mean to you? Yeah. Exactly. Nothing. What's that gonna do to benefit me? Not gonna do anything. Exactly. But on a different note, I want to say this one last thing before I sign off for the. Yeah, night. yeah. Th this is definitely a uh, last call right here with you. But oh, new segment. Whenever you have to leave abruptly, last call. Yep. All right. Welcome to last call. Yeah. Thought, oh, he just went down somewhere. All right, but uh, I call that fly Torah, Torah, Torah. But um, so with this, this kind of helps. This kind of helps dive into the fact of secrets being covered up. You got all this advanced technology today, all this advancements in vaccinations, and you're telling me we still haven't found a damn cure for cancer. Yeah, like we can, we can. Uh, but there's a story I have behind this. this. This is more a rumor that I've heard. It's over there. Where's he at? I don't know. I just kind of flew off. Sorry, guys. This fly keeps getting we're us. We're multitasking here. Yeah, we're multitasking here. But this is uh, zero dark thirty, and um, we're going zero uh, zero. Something Michael Moore would be. We're going zero for zero. I think I see the motherfucker right there. <laughs> Good anyway. thing I wear glasses now, or else I got a fucking <clears throat> face full of salt. Anyway, so 
this is more a rumor. This wasn't backed with hard evidence, but um, there was this rumor going around that supposedly there was a guy who, and it's not even just like the government or all these higher up officials. It's also it also runs through Hollywood. Definitely, all these yeah. people that work in Hollywood are definitely affiliated with this stuff. The I believe. powers that be, man. Well, somebody that worked in Hollywood transferred out of there to go work in the medical field. Okay. Supposedly, this person found the made the cure for cancer. He found it. Oh, yeah. Well, he tried... I think I've heard of this story. He went to the doctors, like, and... They they, put the kibosh on it because they could uh, make more money. They put the kibosh on him, and he was furious about this, so he tried to go public... The very next day. Car accident or something other? No. Found dead in his home. Unknown causes. Bum, bum, bum. Cancer. You're going to tell me that's a coincidence? There's no no. way in hell. Fuck no. The the day he finds the cure for cancer, gets denied, and gets told, demanded to stay quiet about it, and says, fuck you, I'm going public... Next day turns up dead. Oh yeah, he got they, he got Hillaryed. They one hundred percent. They men in blacked his ass. Exactly. They got Hillaryed. They men in blacked his ass. They sent the Secret Service out looking for him, and that got him. Like there, there's no way in hell all that shit is a coincidence. Like there's there's somebody behind all this. It's all about. I feel like it's all about something to do with our money, getting money out of us. Oh, dude, it's it's because it's, it's the one percent, and because and, we're so far in debt. And fear is control, and control is fear, and they want to keep the reins on us and everything. Exactly. But that's why I never, and and I hate to even go back to this, and I've said it once, I said it again, just like my poppy said. I know you probably heard this story, but shut up, I'm going to tell it anyways. <laughs> Missy, poppy. Um, is that uh, I never believe in the the bi-party system. Oh no way! It's, it's not it's not what our country was supposed to built be built upon. And the thing is, is that one's gonna try and do one thing, and the other one's gonna try and get them down and undo what they did, and vice versa, and back and forth, and nothing ever gets done. Okay. And it's to the point to where now. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, America, we're the best. We're the best. We can be easily the best. And we always have that American dream. And, ever, and hell, it's we're a nation built on fucking immigrants because of the American dream. It's just the everything bi- is so split nowadays. But because of the cor- corruption on both sides and the fact that there's always two sides fighting up. It's, it's a immovable object and uh, irresistible a, force. Thank you. All right. And, and it's going to keep happening until... Something changes, or try and uh, make peace. Uh, re uh, reevaluate what our forefathers wanted to build upon. Okay. And it wasn't a multi-party system. No, there nothing wasn't. will get done. And, and then because there's one against the other constantly throughout our entire country's history, there's going to be corruption. That's a fact. And there's going to be you know like re- you know that. You've seen those fucking documents, like redacted and yeah. this, that, oh, and other yeah. thing. Okay, see now you've got me invested. So you already there's a game that I've played. It's called Criminal Case. His first step landed on everybody's right. last nerve. I mean, <clears throat> what it is, man? What it be like? So, y- do you know 
the story about that Indian tribe that um, they went on like a some kind of trip. They came back and the rest of the tribe had just completely vanished. You're talking a about Roanoke? The Roanoke tribe, yeah. Yeah, I know, I'm familiar with it. What if they didn't? That's what I. I that's another one I. What would if ask they Satan didn't here. leave? This game kind of talks about that, but they they renamed the tribe. They they called it the Aloki tribe. And in this story, there was a secret society in this game called the Crimson Order. Say what? Like the, the Knights Templar and that, Assassin's Creed and that shit. That dates back yeah. 400 years prior. Dude, I wouldn't put it past uh, they, humans. They killed this tribe and built an empire over their ancestral land. On their backs. What do you think the Spanish did with the Aztecs and the Mayans with their gold? And... What's even crazier is that same secret society was controlling this town 400 years later in the present day. What makes you think that there is not some kind of secret society it's out a, there? a splinter cell of a bigger organization of the even higher-ups. The New World Order. Yeah. That brings in the question of the New World Order and the Illuminati. Well, I mean, hell, I'd be okay with a New World Order because we kind of fucked up the one that we got now. But within reason, obviously, I don't. I don't want a fucking dystopian future. Yeah, dystopian or utopian future. No, utopian is good. Dystopian is. Or not. Di- yeah, yeah, sorry, but yeah, that brings in the question of the new world order. What's to say all these top? If they've been working this long for a new world order, and they haven't been able to, because you know what, we have free will. We have free will, and because of our rights in this country, we're not. They can't make us do a goddamn thing. Oh, they could easily make us do something, be a fucking uh, a militia state or something other. But they're not going to because guess what? Their pockets are deep, and they're constantly filled by us and the fucking backdoor deals that they constantly do. Look at big tobacco. Look at, you know, like you said. I mean, I'm sure we've, you know, came up with. Uh, uh, a cure for cancer or, or um, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And they, they got it in a vault somewhere because so they could keep milking money from us bec- from the treatment instead of the cure. Yep. That's standard marketing and business strategy. Ethic. Strategy. Yeah. Not ethics, but strategy. Yeah, you're completely right. Yeah. But that that's just my take on that whole theory. I don't. I don't believe that there's not a cure for cancer. There definitely is one, and they're not telling it to us, so they oh, can they how, can drain our pockets dry. How 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 advanced are we? We don't even have a, a cure for the common cold. Exactly, exactly. Or chicken pox. I mean, come on, get get out of here. It's it's dumb as hell. But somehow we managed to find a vaccine for COVID in less than a year. Damn, this music is fucking banging. <laughs> Look at this, Bootsy Collins. All right, guys. Well, uh, this has been your dearest friend, Tate. Uh, are we going to sign off for the evening? Yep. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to episode 42 of your favorite drunk-ass podcast. That was kind of loud, so I'm very sorry for all you headphone users. I'll take care of it. Step aside, Tate. <laughs> Once again, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 42 of your dearest friends at the Practically Friends podcast. This has been Tate. 
This has been Kyle, the lovely Kyle as always. Sitting here bacon, being funky as hell. Whatever you want to call it. But we will see you all on the next one. Take care. Thanks for coming, buddy. Of course. Peace, peace.